It's another Sunday night in comedy, kids. And tonight we welcome back an old friend of the show, Nikki Smicks. He made his mark on late night TV, doing his impersonations of famous celebrities. And now he's making his mark in Canada, coming to Toronto next week for a couple of shows in Richmond Hill. And a little later on in the show, we talked to a comedian and author who has some dark and dirty literature, if you will, that'll bring out that disturbed inner child in you. Nonetheless, hilarious, guaranteed. But all that and more right here on Inside Jokes. Roll the intro. Welcome to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to an all-new episode of Inside Jokes. I am Vince Tedesco, filling in for Dean Young, who is away this week. But uh, as I mentioned, a stacked panel of comics for tonight's episode. We go one-on-one with an old friend, Nikki Smiggs, will join us in a moment or so. As I said, he's making his way to Toronto, coming to do a couple shows up in Richmond Hill, Joker's Comedy Club. Shout out to them. And uh, as I also mentioned a little later on, a comedian and author who's developed a brand of literature, if you will, I guess, uh, somewhat children's books, a little dark, a little humorous uh, in, in, in the smutty side of things, not made for children, made for adults, but presented in a way that is absolutely hilarious. His name is Brad Ghost, and we'll be chatting with him a little later on in the show. Stick around, jam-packed panel, like I said. Next, coming up, one-on-one with Nikki Spinks. This is my kind of town, Chicago is my kind of town, Chicago is my kind of People too, people who smile at you. Thanks for tuning in to Inside Jokes. Like I said, I am Vince Tedesco. Dean Young is away this week. But sitting in with me right now, we are going to chit-chat with an old friend of the show. Uh, I've been following his career for a while. Started uh, back in the late night circuit. He wasn't on late night. But uh, a viral video that he did kind of made its rounds on Jimmy Kimmel Live. It was hosted by a very popular comedian named Sebastian Menescalco, to which he did a bang-on impersonation of the comic. Uh, Since then, his career has kind of taken off. Please welcome to the airwaves. Please welcome back to the show, Mr. Nikki Smigs. Nikki, how we doing? What's going on? We're, we're, we're doing good. We're doing good. Thank you for, for giving me the time today. A lot's been happening since we last spoke, which was just over a year ago, I think. Yeah. Uh, last September. It was last September. And uh, and the career's been kind of picking up. You, you've now officially are a New Yorker. You've moved to New York. Or Crazy. No- I, yeah, a year ago, it was uh, September. I was in Chicago. It was like two weeks before I moved here, man. Yeah. So how's the transition been? It's been good. It's been good, honestly. Um, I had a buddy of mine offer the spare bedroom at his, his house on Long Island at this time last year, and uh, October last year, and it was you know cheap rent, no lease. I was like, let's let's give this a shot. You know, I got a lot of uh, followers out here. My audience is out here, Jersey, New York, and um, family was supportive, and um, things things have been. Busy enough to sign a lease in Brooklyn six months after that. So I've been in Brooklyn six months now. And it's amazing. They have a good amount of comedy friends and like online creator friends uh, 
like I meet all of them here in person for the first time and we're all just hanging out now. It's like, it's, it's just a really easy transition. I feel like I have friends before I moved here just because of the internet. I know it sounds kind of weird because of the pandemic, but it's like, it was pretty easy. It's just been a very easy transition to answer your question. Well, yeah, that's one of the most positive things about social media is when you feel like you know people because you watch them online. So when you kind of meet them, you kind of that established, you know, connection, that relationship. Yeah, it's great. There. Uh, but yeah, obviously the big move is because it's it's comedy. New York is the mecca of comedy. Uh, how are you finding it? How are you finding that whole transition from the suburbs of Chicago? You know, you're starting out, you're doing impersonations of celebrities. You're, you're, you know, you're making a name for yourself. And you're like, I'm going to take this seriously. And I'm going to move to the <laughs> belly of the beast, pretty much. New York City. How, how are the New York clubs treating you? It's been good. It's been, it's been uh, honestly a blessing to, you know, have these clubs reach out and uh, give me a shot. And then, you know, a lot of places I've been able to do twice, like, you know, Uncle Vinny's on Jersey Shore, uh, Governor's Long Island, Caroline's in, in Manhattan. So, you know, money, you know, you can't expect a ton in the beginning, but if, for me coming out of the pandemic, just getting started to get booked again at these clubs, yeah, second, third time is really the the compliment. So, been great, man. Now, when when you kind of translate everything to kind of a more stand up based set, how did your brain sort of work and process that? Because you're like you you you're you know when you when you comprise funny in your brain for someone in your position, I mean, does this work best online? Is it a video? Is it a clip? Or can I turn this into a bit that can live on stage? It can be in a set. It can work itself into a special. How do you kind of work that in your in, in in your head? Yeah, definitely still definitely still learning. Um, you know, because my brain I feel like is defaulted to writing for videos just because that's how the first year of the pandemic was with like TikTok and Instagram. So um I just try to find I try to flip it so the punchline of the video is more of a theme and I can tell a story related to maybe a character I'm playing in a video or um um, you know, different skit or scenario. So it's, um, I try to keep it, I've been getting a lot of feedback to make it more about myself and who I am and tell my story about just what's relatable and authentic to myself and um, find different ways to, to work it in there. We've got current events in the news, is obviously always uh, um, yeah. helpful. So. Yeah. They, they never yeah. disappoint the news. The news never yeah. Uh, well, I guess one side of it, but um not the not the political stuff. I'm not have you become, have you that's, that's how I was taking. I'm, I'm, have you become so, ironic with your own stuff? Like, are you videotaping it? Are you listening? Like, you know, watching yourself back? I said, yeah, no, I I, I need way. to get in the habit of doing that for sure a little bit more. Um, but uh, yeah, usually someone is is there uh, recording for me, or uh, I set something on on my own too. So, okay, so now New York. Now you're 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 based in Brooklyn now. And you're making your way out to, you know, Governor's pretty iconic club. Caroline's pretty iconic club. Yeah. Uncle Vinny's, that's where that, uh, the girl had the bottle thrown at her head. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's, that's it, crazy. Right behind her. It's nuts. Like, wow. So, I mean, you're making your way across the Northeast along the coastline. You got a favorite spot? You got like a, you have a home club now? That's a good question, man. Um, like, where do you feel most comfortable? What stage? Jersey Shore or Long Island? I, really? I, I I don't know. Yeah, I, I well, Chicago. Yeah, I, mean, I feel like you know, the Chicago suburbs is the home. You know, home of all homes for me. Well, Chicago's you know, always going to be home. 
But like Zane, like Zanies and Rosemont is a club okay. that like you know what I mean. Like I feel comfortable there. I kind of started doing showcases there, uh, five minutes and stuff. And and Long Island and Jersey, man. I I don't know if I have, can pick one. It doesn't feel right. You can't pick Long love? Island and Jersey. What's that? They both give you the love, man. Yeah, they, they support. They come yeah. support. I've been I've been on those stages. I mean, like each of them four to five times, sometimes more, you know, other one more than the other. And they're just, uh, they're great crowds and they're not uptight. They got great, uh, senses of humor. And, um, I just feel like it's, it's just my people, you know, well, obviously, the Italian American culture is massively resides in that area. Yeah. And, I guess well, I wouldn't even think about that, but that's pretty obvious. Anybody who's listening <laughs> well, yeah, in Toronto, as well as a big Italian community as well. Yeah. That yeah. How much does that, translate from the guys who follow you online are they the same people that are coming out to support you in the clubs or are you tapping into kind of new markets as well like just standard comedy lovers in those areas that want to come out and check out new talent yeah i would say i would say most of uh uh the, the audiences are people that, that follow me uh and there's also you know some newcomers uh, locally as well but uh it's it's fun man because i i i try to be very um communicative and engaging in my Instagram like messages and TikTok messages. So some people are like, I sent you this video of my daughter and whole doing and oh yeah, good to see you. <laughs> hey, it's nuts. You know, it sounds a little weird, but like um there's a lot of you know second and third connections with these people online in person. So well cool. that's good, man. I mean I think you you're you're making footsteps and you're following in footsteps of people who know how to do it well and you're doing it in the best place you know you can, New York. I mean it is a mecca for stand-up comedy. So more with Nikki Smigs after the break. Tune in. Don't go anywhere. I'm Vince Tedesco. He's Nikki Smigs. This is Inside Jokes, 640 Toronto. We'll be back. This is Nikki Smigs. You're listening to... Uh... Inside y'all. Tell by my attitude that I most definitely leave from. The Grinch. Brilliant! You reject your own nose because it represents the glitter of commercialism. Whitened! I think of that. Eddie Murphy. But Italians are crazy because Italians be seeing Rocky. That's what they see Rocky. And tell me, all right, Rocco. All right, Rocco. Man, get in your eye, Roxy 20, and get out of here, man. Let's let's see if you get this reference, Nicky, okay? All right. Welcome back to Inside Jokes. I'm Vince Tedesco. And every week we are brought to you by Hakeem Optical, makers of fine eyewear. Yes, Hakeem Optical. Mo Green wishes he had a pair. Got it? It's a Godfather reference because he was shot in the... He was shot in the eye. Nate, Probably when he was getting a massage, he looked right up and got hit in the eye, man. He got yeah, hit in the eye. Yeah. Hakeem does not make bulletproof eyewear. I just want to let you know, but they do make fashionable, affordable eyewear. Hakeem Optical, check them out. Continuing the conversation with Nikki Smigs. Nikki, uh, coming to Toronto next week, November 11th through 12th. I can't believe that. You're, make, you're crossing the border. There is no doubt, you know, that... Uh... You know, besides Chicago and New York, where I'm from, and you know where a lot of Italians are, the third, fourth, fifth, like top cities in my audience is Toronto, 
Vaughn and Montreal. And I'm like, where are these guys coming from? I've seen those markets grow and the Canadian support come in and finally got uh, my manager to, to put the book something finally got in and um, the tickets are selling. I can't believe it. I never, I, I know there were a lot of Ita- Italians in Canada. I just didn't know that, you know, it's something you don't think about. You think just like, it'll be Chicago people and New York people, but the Canadians are uh, been supportive, man. I'm excited. Dude, I already know you're going to make an impact because you just said it right, right off the bat. You said Toronto. You didn't pronounce the second team. The so second you're, team. You're ahead of the oh, game. Yeah. You're ahead. That's <laughs> you how we what? say it. That's how we say it. Toronto. I feel like maybe it's part of the Chicago accent, like abbreviating like uh, Toronto. No. You know what it is? I think it's because I worked for a bread. I, I've sold bread before this job, two jobs ago. Uh, food, sir, like five years ago. Uh the company was T-U-R-A-N-O. An Italian family owned it. Toronto. Oh. So I would always say Toronto, but it. I would tell people at the time when I was selling bread, and they're like, you're going to Toronto to sell bread? And I'm like, no, it's it's the, it's the last name of the family. So they're, that's identical to me. So I guess I'm honored to have had a bread job that helps pronounce Toronto. I guess where I'm going with that one, Ben. But yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, it's I mean, good to know. It's good a lot, to know. A lot of people always say Toronto, Toronto and they they, they Toronto. get corrected. Like, no, man, we say Toronto. Hey, it Toronto is, spit it out. Toronto. Spit it out. What are you waiting for? Toronto. Toronto. Oh, that's it. And Vaughn is a suburb of Toronto. And Montreal, wow. I know you probably, if you're making your way to, to Montreal, you'll kill it there, too. couple of questions. How well do you know Canada? Oh wow! Are you about to, are we getting into? Are we doing like a trivia thing? Is this? I'm just asking. I'm not going to put the theme song. To what do I thing? know about Canada? How many provinces do we have? Oh wow! I'm gonna guess ten. I don't know. Perfect. Awesome, Nikki. <laughs> uh, it's ten. Yeah, it's ten. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what is our capital? You guys have a capital? Well, there's a capital of a country, no? Obviously. Like Wait, why? Washington, D.C. is the capital of the United States of America. Yeah. So the capital of Canada would be? Vancouver, Toronto, Montreal, or? Oh, you're going everywhere but right there. It's Ottawa. I have you heard so of that town before? Ottawa. Yes, oh, I have. Hey, we're learning. No, I didn't do my research. I it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Let's get some more Toronto-based questions. Yeah. What's Toronto's nickname? Unbeknownst to us, but it became our nickname. People call it what? No clue. Are you a Drake fan? A Drake? Drake. You know, oh, you know, the eight? Do some, do some it's the six. It's the six. The six. The eight. Drake, yeah, oh, God. refers to it as the six. Drake is Toronto, man. This is why I'm getting an extra night in a hotel, spending a day, <laughs> do some museums. I well, will not in, be coming into the weekend uneducated for the Toronto family. Being, fan base being a New York resident now, as you live in New York, there are five boroughs of New York. Yeah. Toronto has six. So that's why Drake. Toronto's got boroughs. Wow. Oh. Right, we have Toronto, we, right. have Pittsburgh, we got Scarborough, we got uh, Etobicoke, North, you know, North, and those are kind of like the boroughs of the area All right. that make up Toronto. Beautiful. Okay, a little education, a little kind of giving you a heads up. Um, but getting back to your career, <laughs> getting back to the comedy career, um, as somebody who was kind of 
changed the game and, and you're one of many who has done uh, the online circuit, but you've made the impact online and, and, and you're making your hay when you're going through it, you're booking your own stuff, you're getting into clubs. Um, do you see yourself overstepping the festival route? Uh, comedy festivals like Just for Laughs or, you know, are, they're, they're kind of bigger names in, in yeah. the hierarchy of a progression in a career in comedy. Being that social media is kind of wiped out a lot and you can make a name for yourself online, is that something you still aspire to? Hey, I was you on, know what? You know? Yeah, honestly, um, I, the game's changed so much, so I'm not going to act like I know like what the new path is to get to whatever level you want to get to with stand-up now, but I, I hope I don't skip that level because for me, like... Um, whether it's acting or stand up, like I, all the comics that have, you know, I've looked up to and have motivated me with their style to get into stand up, I watched their journey. And while I had to do less open mics than them because of the internet, like there's something about that milestone in a comics career where they talk about getting in a JFL or like a New York, uh, New York comedy festival and um, what that means and who you meet there. Um, so I, I, I feel like it's important, you know, and not because you have to have it on a resume, but it's like, why, who wouldn't want to be there? It's all the best comics in, you know, in the country, in the world, wherever. And it's like, I feel like a blast. These guys are there for a couple of weeks, just having fun. And people are going and having laughs and I don't want to skip that level. Well, no, man, it builds in a way it builds career toughness. It builds mental toughness. Oh yeah. 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 You know, you get to, you know, you're, you're not competing with anybody, but you're, you're sharing the same stage with some of the comedy peers who are all trying to kill it and make it the same way you are. For sure. Um, but coming coming into Toronto now and kind of seeing that, you know, hey, I, I'm, you're going places. You're obviously uh, making a name for yourself across the border. Um, home base is still Chicago. That's where the, the home roots are. Um, yeah. you ever, were you ever a second city grad or did you ever yeah. dip in that a bit? I did. I did the improv program uh, in Chicago, which I which I loved. Yeah, we have one here in Toronto. I know there's one out in LA as well. I, yeah. I took one out in LA. How much of a beast is that, and how much did it prepare you for your path that you're on right now? Because Second City is a staple in a lot of people. I mean, people who aren't even in comedy take Second City just to kind of break yep. that, you know, comfort in front of speaking in front of people. You know, like, like yeah. How much of an impact was it onto you? It was huge. It was like. The first uh, taste I was able to get, you know, on a regular basis into what performing would feel like and character work would feel like. And um, just being in that in that scene of like you know, everyone trying to learn, everyone wants to perform. It was uh, I fell in love with it, man. I was comfortable on stage, comfortable performing. I wanted more after that. I got addicted after a year. And then uh, a week after my last show, after the year uh at second city the uh pandemic hit and i started posting videos and just trusted my whatever comedy instinct i had and minimal knowledge and it's just you know the internet has its ways man so but second city toronto i, I mean the legends out of there and i do know my canadian comics okay let's go shoot them at me i'm not gonna say all of them the first i mean what? the biggest ones are some of my favorite actors john candy um uh Jim Carrey, obviously in the voice department. He wasn't a second city guy, but who else am I missing? Uh Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. He's Canadian. And yep. uh Martin Short. Dan Aykroyd, John Candy, Martin Short. 
just one more. It'll come to you. It'll come to you. Um, <laughs> I don't want to put you on this. Lo, lo, no, you're good. You're good. I, I'm. I, I feel like I, I should know. Some of my favorite guys, but uh, well, I mean, hey, that's just that's all part of the path, man. Through second yeah. city, stand up, but now you said you even dabbled into a bit of acting. So how's that been treating you? I can see because a lot of actors, as they say, find it very difficult to do comedy because they reside in sort of the dramatic part of their art craft. Where comedians, that is the art craft, to be the comedian on stage. So it's very easy uh, to transition to, into a dramatic role or to a more serious role okay. because you've made a living on playing the fool. I mean, to expose yourself and all your weaknesses and all your darkness and all your fears in a comedic form and to present that on stage and to do what you do, guys like you, to make that transition to a dramatic role, it's a piece of cake for a comic. How are you finding it? I mean, that's what I hear. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I still look at, you know, I've been doing stand-up for a, a year and a half, and I feel like uh, while it's been fun to audition and do some short films and, um, you know, low-budget stuff, I, I still got to focus on stand-up um, and hone that act before I feel comfortable, like, you know, I guess on a higher level. But, yeah, I just think it's fun to do all of it, man. I'm, I'm not going to lie. It's I don't really know what the differences are. I don't really know how to make it jump from one to the next i feel like there's a lot of people that are coming out of the internet during the pandemic that are just you know wanted more of all of it you know the podcast yeah. the interviews the uh the traveling for stand-up or, or or uh live podcasting you know nowadays with iphones you can make some incredible stuff if you got a couple of buddies that just want to play characters like you know it's it's a lot easier to kind of showcase whatever you want and whatever talent you you have and i feel like it's um i hope i hope i can kind of keep doing a little bit of everything you know what i mean yeah. like maybe more acting than stand up but i feel like the world is going to transition that way where if it hasn't already where you can kind of um you don't have to just be an actor or just have to be a video guy like it's everybody wants to work together and everyone's exposed now to each other so it's a lot easier to uh to just do your own stuff so it's uh it's been fun honestly doing both doing all of it whatever it might be so do you have uh yeah. do you have your favorites to work with you have comics that you kind of hang out with now you have a have you developed a little bit of a tribe a little comedy crusaders if you will got social creators that you guys uh hang yeah out with, with yeah man yeah it's been uh obviously a ton of you know new york italians new jersey italians a couple of you know staten island buddies um um yeah man it's it's uh it's an embrace like said, of group. they always welcome you with open arms so yeah that's you know that's the really i think the the joy of um not being hopefully never in the corporate world ever again it's just <laughs> you don't have to apologize for being your you know stupid self you know when you uh got nothing to hide and maybe it's a new york thing maybe it's a it's a, a stand-up comic thing but there's just no bs like you know everybody connects on this level uh because of they were they had the 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 courage to ignore the internet trolls and ex put themselves out there and i think when other people find each other funny there's there's uh you know a uh, relatable aspect there where you can it's a lot easier to meet people that way and and uh, get to know each other through stand up and stuff so yeah man now you mentioned internet trolls. Have they been? Uh, have they peered their heads? Have they, have they, nah, <laughs> I honestly. Nah, I I I could not. I I do not care. 
at all. Like at all. It's been a long time before I really was hurt by a comment. It's um uh, it's there's too much good things going right now to where I gotta worry about anybody else uh, uh trying to bring us down, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah you, you know it too. You're aware I, too, being being in the spotlight. Totally understand. I don't know much of it was a spotlight, more of a lamplight or a bedroom light, but okay. Well, putting yourself out there, putting yourself out there, you know what I mean? Put yourself out there, that's it. Words yeah. by Nicky Smigs. He's coming yeah. to Toronto Jokers Comedy Club November 11th through the 12th. This is the upcoming week in Richmond Hill, just a suburb outside of Toronto, 30-ish minutes or so. Get your tickets. If they're still available, I know they're selling out quick. Nikki, what's the crowd going to expect from you in Toronto? What can we, you know? What's coming at us? Yeah, no, it's uh, four shows, two each night. Um, tickets are selling well. Tell a lot of stories about my family, Italian parents, uh, and my promote uh, promotion for the Toronto shows. I talked about Canadians and their slippers. I can't wait to get into that. I didn't <laughs> know that was a Canadian thing. So we'll have some fun there, some voices, impressions, uh, you know. A night with Nikki Smigs. Fun time. I can't wait. Uh, I'll be there, buddy. November 11th through 12th, like I said, at Joker's Comedy Club. Check it out online. Nikki, where can they find you on social? Give you uh, give yourself a plug. Yeah, Nikki Smigs, uh, S-M-I-G-S, TikTok, Instagram, NikkiSmigs.com. And uh, yeah, man, appreciate you. Well, Thanks for having me on. You've been killing it. I love the work that you're doing. Keep it up, man. Keep kicking ass. We'll see you when you're here in Toronto in the six. All right. You in got it, brother. I got a lot to learn. I got some notes to take. I appreciate Thanks, it, man. You've been great. I appreciate the support. Thank you. Thank you, Nikki. Hi, my name's Graham Kay, and you are listening to Inside Jokes 640. Thanks to Nikki Smigs uh, again, but now kind of shifting gears. We're chatting with a, an interesting fellow, if you will, a comedian and author who uh, I came to notice, obviously, online uh, via the social media platforms. Uh, and he has a very distinct uh, books in literature, if you will, a little dirty, a little saucy. Um, as we said earlier, it'll probably bring out that disturbed child that lies within you. Please welcome to the airwaves, Brad Goss. Brad, how are we doing? I'm fantastic. Thanks for having me. Um, thank you very much for doing this. I, like I said, I, I found you online. Has that sort of been the playground that you that you kind of reside in with everything? Like your whole brand is pretty much online? Yeah, that's the only place that'll have me is the internet. <laughs> um, the The dirty place, that's the place that'll have me. Now, for those who don't know what we're talking about, obviously, let's go into a little bit of your backstory. Um, you are a comic. You are a, a, an author. You kind of wrote um, not quite children's books. They're adult books, but they're presented in sort of children format. But uh, take it from there. How did this all kind of come to be? It started with uh, an idea. Uh, you know, I was doing comedy and, and, um, uh, I, I came up with this idea of, of like children's books that got rejected by the publisher. That was the original idea. So mm -hmm. I made a TikTok video. I had this, I had these, uh, I had a graphic design company. So I, I, um, I designed a cover of a, of a mock children's book and it was called why daddy hits mommy. 
and um it was just the front cover right and i went on tiktok and i was like hey you know my name's brad goss i write books for children my publisher keeps rejecting them why do you think they rejected this one and then i flashed to this cover of this book that never existed uh and that video got like a million and a half views in the first 48 hours and i'm like oh my god i'm onto something here and as any you know marketer would do i read every comment mm -hmm. um and every comment or most of the comments were asking me to read the book and you know why can't we why why can't you read this book to us and i hadn't written it so you know i sat down in dr seuss style and wrote the book like a little poem you know just one liners per page kind of thing uh and then read it back to the audience again and they were like why can't we buy it and then the light went on why can't you buy it? I mean, it's, you know, it was, it was just a few years ago, self-publishing's easy. So I self-published the book. And then the next video was me reading the book, holding it in my hand and saying it's available on Amazon. Um, and then, you know, fast forward to today, I have 124 books published. Marketing genius that, uh, okay. But like, it, it's crazy. The popularity that you have, um, I'm a huge fan uh, your books, uh, the, the titles, I mean, are the one that I got for a friend of mine for her birthday was Mike Hunt, Hunt, Mike Hunt Smells Like Fish. Uh, My Big Black Hawk is another one. Uh, Daddy is a Cuck is another one. <laughs> so you can follow along on the rhythm that we're going with here, kids. But um, the artwork, I guess, is yeah, presented in a children's book. Uh, but you, 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 you nailed it on this. Now, now, from a comedic standpoint, obviously, it's hilarious. And any comic comedy lover, uh, if you like the sort of the blues sort of comedy, it, it's not overtly dirty. But you're 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 drawing the fight. You're you're walking on the tightrope. But for you as a comedian, how your brain kind of processes it all. Does it start as material and then like, no, 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 no. Now I'm an author. I need to translate this into a book. So how do you think? Do you think in material, like as a comic, as a stand-up, or do you think as a comedic author? Uh, it's a yes to both. Um, okay. So for me, you know, I, I, I have a lot, I do stand up in the city as well. So I do a lot of, you know, non-book material. So usually it's like, you know, if I have a joke idea that isn't a book, it's a, it stands on its own two feet and it becomes part of my standup. But then I have, because I've been doing the books, it kind of, my mind is always in that bucket. And so I'm always thinking of new book ideas. And whenever I have one, I just, you know, shoot off a, a list of drawings to my cartoonist and, and boom, I have another book. Um, from a, from a, a, a business standpoint, the books are more profitable than the stand-up. So if I make up a joke and I go and tell it on a stage and I video record it and I put it up on Instagram or whatever, that doesn't get the kind of, that doesn't bring in the kind of dollars that publishing a book brings in. So for me, it's like, if I can make it a book, I'll do that because that's how I put food on the table. Well, yeah, that's another question I wanted to get into. I mean, a lot of comics after shows and I'm talking about guys who are, are trying to bypass, not bypass, but I mean, look outside of the system of being that club comic. They yep. produce their own shows. They, you know, uh, create their own festivals, but they sell their own merch. And after a show, a comedian 
tends to, you know, have a table and they sell their merchandise. You've totally monopolized that online. You have so much merch, like you said, 120 books that you are now selling online that uh, it's killing it. Are, are you more known for one than the other now? Oh, I'm yeah, I'm definitely known for being the book guy. I mean, that's what people say, you know, oh, you're the book guy. You know, you're that guy with the books. That's what they always say. Um, so that's, that's become my that's, that's become say. the brand, you know. Yeah, um, that is your brand. And I and I find that, you know, the 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 comics that go the traditional route seem to struggle. Like I meet a lot of comics at open mic nights and they're struggling. They all have day jobs, you know, a lot of them are 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 kind of really grinding it out. Um, I don't have that kind of intestinal fortitude. I'm not I'm not wired to to struggle. I'm wired to have it easy. Um, so that's why I, I kind of went the way I went because it was making money and it was like, okay, one book made me this much money. What's a hundred books look like? And that's kind of how I, how I went. And I've only really been doing clubs for the last year. Wow. And you've made such an impact. I mean, Hey, I've had you that accounts for something. I mean, <laughs> we're on the radio talking about it. Listen, more intestinal fortitude with Brad Goss coming up after the break. I'm Vince Tedesco. This is Inside Jokes, 640 Toronto. Stay tuned. My name is Brad Goss, and you're listening to Inside Jokes. Yes, no, maybe. I don't know. Welcome back to Inside Jokes. I'm Vince Tedesco. Sitting in with me right now is Brad Goss, author, comedian uh, of such great novels. <laughs> they're not novels, right? They're not novels. Uh, they're more... Uh, what, what, what type of book would you call this, Brad? They're like brochures. They're pretty. They're pretty small. They're pretty small. You know, they're they're. uh, It's like you know, uh, it's 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 dumbed down. It's a giant picture and a couple of words per page. You know, I really. It's it's basic. (laughs) If you have that somebody in your life, Christmas is approaching. Yeah. um, Order. uh, uh, First of all, check out Brad online. Order his stuff. He's got a lot of hilarious titles uh, for the obviously the more um, what would you call the more comically. I propose to take on a little bit more literature in their life. Someone needs a little literature in their life. Check out Brad's books. But Brad, I mean, as we said, you're you're a comedian first, author second. But uh, you know, you are making your money uh, with the books. Who were some of your comedic influences? I'm a huge fan of um, Burt Kreischer, uh, Tom Segura, uh, Amy Schumer. Um, Rachel Feinstein is one of my favorite comics uh, out of New York. Um, I, um, I, I, I have, a, I, I like a wide variety of comics, but I also, you know, I also follow a lot of people in business. So I kind of like to, I like entrepreneurs and I like, to, I like to see comics who are also entrepreneurs, whether it's, you know, through podcasting or whatever they're kind of into. Do you see yourself kind of going that route as well or podcasts on the horizon for you? I don't know if the world needs another middle-aged middle-aged white guy podcaster. I feel like we have plenty of those. So I, I don't know. I feel I, I feel like maybe that's 
that ship has sailed for for this middle-aged white guy but um i i also don't have if i'm honest i don't really have the um the ability to meet schedules so like if i if i set myself up i'm gonna i'm gonna record a podcast twice a week the minute it goes on my calendar and becomes a regular thing even though i put it there i i i want to resist and i want to like rebel against the man being me who put (laughs) myself on the calendar i don't want to do the work i'm just like screw that guy you know so now, uh, now, given the nature of your of your comedy, and and obviously your your comedy influences obviously relate in your art form, what you do, has there been any pushback? Have you had the cancel culture people knocking on your door? Has anybody ever kind of come after you after like, how can you make something like this? It's just this is disgusting, or this is whatever they may say. Has there been any pushback from that? Vince, every hour of every day, I get pushback. My, get the hell, really? My, yeah, my comments are littered with pushback. I have pushback from, and th- you know what the funny thing is, is nobody can figure out where I stand politically, which I love because I don't go like people think my stuff's political, but it's not. And what's funny is that the comments, if you read the comments in my on my videos, people people are like typical left wing crap and then somebody else would be like typical conservative like they can't figure out where i am on the on the spectrum and so they get a little angry and they they always assume i'm not with their like everybody assumes i don't vote for their guy that's the way mm-hmm. they kind of look at it which is fun or girl or girl. O- or girl yeah and then the other side of it is you know i have this um uh, you know th- there are so many people who actually believe that i am reading these to children putting them in school libraries, you know, doing like I'm in the kindergarten with my book. That's what they actually like. They think that and they get so Vince, they get so mad. And I love to see people get angry because it's like, to me, that's like, it's actually funnier than laughing. Like if you took it seriously and you, and you're like, get out of my school, you pedo or whatever they say to me, you know, like, I love that. That's okay. That's absurd. How people do not see that this is comedy coming at you. Uh, I, it makes me kind of scratch my head, but that kind of relates with the next question is like, have people totally forgotten to have fun? Uh, do, uh, how do you find that? I mean, like, obviously you're getting pushback in the, in the comment section. Your books are not political at all. They're not political at all. Uh, they're funny. They're, I mean, it, it, it's presented in a lighthearted way, but yeah, they're dirty. But I mean, that's the nature of comedy. It's right. it be a lot of things. And if it's not for you, Keep scrolling, move on. You don't have to type. So what do you think it is that infuriates people? Not just with you, but just with like, literally people can't just sit back and enjoy fun anymore. No, they can't. Uh, I think I think the news has really you know set people uh, uh, apart from each other. And, and it's, it's created this world where we have to decide very quickly, you know, how we feel about something. And a lot of people don't process humor, right? A lot of people, especially sarcasm, there's a huge, you know, subset of the population that cannot detect sarcasm. And so when you, when you present something to them and you say the words, literally, this is a children's book, and then you read it, they, for some reason, you know, there's no laugh track on my video, right? There's no, there's nothing in there to indicate to those people that this is a joke. And you know, I know I don't say I'm a comedian. I say I write children's books, and then they and then so so those people instantly get get angry. 
Well, uh, I I love you for it. I wish there was more like you. I wish, I mean, sarcasm is my second language. It's on my resume. Uh, so <laughs> I, appreciate, I appreciate all the work that you do. His name is Brad Goss. Brad, where can everybody find out your books, uh, your website? Give a, give a chance to plug yourself right now. Bradgoss.com, G-O-S-S-E. That's the best place to find me. Just Google Brad Goss. I'm all over the internet. So you Google me, you're going to find me. Awesome. Brad, thank you very much for your time today. Before we let you go, do you have a favorite? A favorite book? A favorite one of yours. Like, what's your personal favorite? My personal favorite book right now is called My Racist Dog. <laughs> awesome. I have to check that one out. He is Brad Goss. Look for him online. Check out his stuff. And like I said, he makes great stocking stuffers for the upcoming holiday season. Brad, thank you so much for your time, bud. Thank you, Vince. Big thanks again to Nikki Smigs and Brad Goss. That's our show this week. To tune into other episodes we've had in the past, check out 640 Toronto online and look for past episodes of Inside Jokes. That's our show. We will be back next week. Hi, this is Alicia Carusi, and you're listening to my aunt, Sandra Carusi's Comedy Rx. This week's Comedy Rx is Nikki Smigs. Enjoy. The Pono gas station out here? You guys are like, no sh- but just, just, I'm from, not from here, so I'm just giving you an olive branch on this one, right? It says, stay in your car, we prefer the attendant to do it. My head's like, it's not illegal. If I don't see the attendant, I'm going to do it. I did this last week, I almost lost this guy's job for him, I swear to God. I get out of the car, the attendant was not there, I could see him with a towel over his shoulder talking to one of the other attendants, like seven pumps down, and I'm like, Okay, I'll pump my own gas. Worst decision of my life. I get out of the car, I go to the thing. I can do it if you want, man. Oh no, you do what you want. No, it's okay, you can do it if you want. Okay, never mind. I'm like, I don't, would you, I, am I supposed, I, I didn't know what to say to the guy. He was like, no, you look like you want to do it, man. Go ahead, you can do it, it's okay, it's okay. Don't worry about it, nobody else is here. You want to do it, go ahead and do it. Go ahead and do whatever you want, man, it's okay. So dramatic. I was like, okay, I'll do it. I get to the screen. The thing's programmed for the attendant. I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know how to work the screen. Meanwhile, this guy's like, do whatever you want to do, man. It's okay, me. It's okay. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.